Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 74 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Just before we get started, some of you savvy listeners and watchers may notice that we've skipped 73. That's because 73 was pre-recorded and will be released afterwards. That's a bit of a special and different episode. But today, it's with great pleasure I welcome to the show Beverly Joy Smith. Beverly is an author, motivational speaker, transformation and health coach, and multiple author, in fact, we'll get into that in a little bit, but just 10 days ago, came out with her first solo book, Dare to Dream, of which the foreword was written by none other than Les Brown himself. Bev, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show. How are you this morning? Thank you. Thank you so much for your welcome, and thank you for the opportunity for me to be here. And I am really feeling fabulous. I really we just said off camera how we both love that word. Um, it's a, it's funny because it's a fabulous word, isn't it? Um, fabulous. It's fabulous. It's, there's nothing you feel, quite like it. You feel it, don't you? Feel. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. It reminds me of like shiny things and bright things and um, and and like the the stage and and yeah, everything everything bright and glitzy. Everything bright, glitzy, and that's where yeah. we're happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know it's nice actually i must say thanks for joining me so early in the morning because i know it's seven o'clock in the morning there um you're in whereabouts actually are you in the uk are you in manchester or i'm in manchester manchester right. england yeah. yeah yeah so not too far <laughs> only, <laughs> only only an hour and a half away from from my old uh stomping ground back in the uk which of course was birmingham and you were just saying before that you actually went to aston university i actually did and fell in love with birmingham I mean, I thought about London and I'd tried London before and I just thought, I'll try somewhere different and somewhere a bit nearer to home because I do, I do love Manchester. I just fancied mm. a little bit further afield and uh, it was it was really great. I really enjoyed it. Sutton Coldfield, Solihull, New Street, really, really nice place. Yeah. Well, you should tell that Sutton Coldfield, that is exactly where I'm from. And um, it's funny because I've really, I usually go back there twice a year obviously not been able to this year and i've really missed that to be honest really missed my family my friends just like going for you know certain park you know going for walks in certain park it's a beautiful place uh, it's been a bit of a year for missing things and and uh not having those special times with family but we've all had to deal with that this year and um hopefully you know things clear up this year and we can we can get back to a, a bigger better and brighter year i'm sure of it mm. That's what we hope uh, for. Yes, exactly. Now tell me, Bev, the book Dare to Dream, please tell us a bit about that and how on earth did you get Les Brown to write the foreword for it as your <laughs> first book? <laughs> <laughs> well, getting Les Brown to write my foreword was a bit of a dream in itself. Um, the actual book, I've, thought, I've always thought about writing something and many years ago, I, had, I, I write poetry and I've always felt that I'm inspired and people would say to me, oh, you found that really uplifting and people would ask my advice or they would phone me up or they would speak to me. So I would I would crib down some poems and different things like that. And also at one point, I, 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 I became a believer. I became a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, at a point in my life where 
I had, I would, I would consider, consider that I was a very rich person. I was only 20, 21, but I had this fabulous job that I got in London working for Coots and Co Bank. And oh, wow. um, um, I just I worked in the dealing room. So really just so much money passed through my hand. Mm -hmm. actual, Coots and Co Bank, sorry to cut across you there, but Coots and Co, for anyone who doesn't know, is actually the bank that the Queen uses in the UK. So it's it's, pretty, it's the biggest one you can get. <laughs> it really is. And uh, when you go in on the Strand in um, in London and you, the way it is, is, you don't actually feel like you're in a bank. You actually feel like you're in like a, a theatrical sort of place because it really does feel like a really prestigious place. Mm. Uh, the amount of money and the, the amount of money that, that, that I was being paid at that time really was for myself where I felt that I was quite rich. And so I'd buy lots of different things. Money was no object to me. And I got, but I got to a particular point in time where I was very discouraged, very low. And uh, I know it's very early on to actually say this, but I got to a point where I actually felt to take my own life. Wow. And it's at 21? Well, I was coming up to 21. It was okay. my 20, yeah, 20, yeah, and uh, basically um, I, um, I got to a point where basically uh, someone that I was going out with, I'd only been out with him for about a couple of months. And he was at university, he was training to be a dentist. And he actually um, wanted to concentrate in his final year on being a dentist and um, being able to afford a Porsche. So <laughs> um, oh, I don't believe that really I was so caught up with him such that I felt that you know, it was so devastating. But I do believe things that had happened in my past and the way that uh, things had impacted on me and different things, I do believe it, it made me get to that place where it was like a rejection. And really, I thought to myself, well, I, I got to a point where I just thought it's, it's not worth, I didn't feel like it was worth living. Really, at 20, everything going for me with lots of education and lots of different, I mean, London, coming from Manchester, I was working in London. There's so much. And so this is what can happen to the mind. Your mind, you can get to a place in your mind where you convince yourself of a certain thing. So really, the book Dare to Dream addresses your mindset. And I had to get to a place where I retrained, reset my mindset, re-looked at how I looked at things and through a series of coaching, personal development, which I went on, on this journey, which that's how I came across Les Brown. There's a series of different mentoring and the book will tell all the details. But in a nutshell, it's been a place of A and I found that through personal development and different tools and coaching and mentoring i went from place a to place b transformation so for myself i thought alongside being encouraging people inspiring people i just had a passion and a heart to help others in that way as a pharmacist i was interested in health and helping people and i would do that in the aspects of medicines advice responding to symptoms there's a particular place where you would do medicines use reviews and you get chatting with people and sometimes it was what things that things that i said to them that I, they would send in cards they would send be so grateful so thankful because i was taking the time and they felt inspired and they felt encouraged so at a point in my life 
it was the end of October, I decided to step out from pharmacy and go more into this because I felt that it was more of fulfilling a calling, fulfilling, and as I, the more I would do it, the more energized and when the people would say how much I'd help them. And I, what came to me was this, this is, this is the more to life that I was seeking. Obviously at 20, 21, when I got to a point where I felt I didn't want to um, live and I was to take my own life, at that point through divine intervention, which you'll, you'll read about in the book, I became a believer, I became a Christian and I had a faith where in my life changed and things were different, things were different. But on that path of seeking fulfillment, seeking and looking at things in a different way, which was the basis for me to look for something more. Money is good and it's great. You do need it. It's part of life. But to me, wealth broadened as to what wealth meant. Wealth to me encompasses relationships, networking. So even in this particular time of COVID where we have social distancing and things like that, one of the greatest things that's affected a lot of people is the fact that they their connections, their social connections have really been impacted. And people, even within the groups, because they're not seeing regular people, or even if you're married, you have different aspects of yourself. And the social groups and the connections that we had, they have been so cut. And the amount of mental distress, the mental distress that I've seen and encompassed with people, you know, it's really quite, quite, quite alarming. And this is another reason which that encouraged me to say, well, I have a voice and during this mentoring, because Jeff Brown mentored and coached us. And one of the greatest things he was saying, was, there is greatness within you. Mm. And that voice can make all the difference. It can disrupt someone's thought. It can disrupt something that someone's thinking and help them. It can actually save someone's life. Yeah, so I absolutely, yeah, absolutely agree with you there. And I, I just want to say to start with, thanks for being so open uh, and honest and, you know, coming on a really, that really very early part of the show and telling yeah. us, you know, about quite a dark and struggling point of your life there. You know, that's one of the things, you know, I like about this podcast format. You can just be open, you can just be honest and, and it's relaxed and there's no kind of, you know, rigid format that we have to follow here. But I do really appreciate you being open and honest in yeah. that. And something that you said, so, yeah, no, thank, thanks for that. And I'm sure that the listeners will appreciate that too. You know, a good, authentic show, you just cannot beat it. So I think that it, it's really good that you shared that. And I think that something that's come out of that, which is a, a common theme I've seen with quite a lot of people who have had dark times of their life, is that you, you found faith in your in your situation, it was Christianity. And, you know, in that there's there's rebirth, there's kind of realigning. And you said that you found that, you know, you, you know, you, you kind of re reignited within yourself and you saw this difference and, and perhaps, you know, at a time there where you didn't really believe in yourself, you, you maybe borrowed that belief from the faith and then the faith helped you to believe in yourself again. Is that, that's the kind of trend that I see happen with a lot of people. Would you say that's kind of how it happened for you? I would definitely say that, I mean, a key thing that happened to me uh, during my life was when I was about um, 16, I had been a head girl at the school I was at. I'd taken like 10 
O-levels. I've done really, really, really well in school, so much so that the local newspaper had come to our school and had featured us. There was about three three of us who had done done really well in that school. And so it was to look and see what 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 next would you do? Well, for me, I hadn't thought about university or anything like that, but a friend of mine, she had wanted to be a dentist, something about dentists. And so she had come to me and said, look, you know, to do these different exams because she had wanted to go to university. And then after we achieved all of those, it was like, what next? So the grammar school was an option to go on and do your A-levels. And of course I thought, well, okay, going to the grammar school, I'm head girl, I've done all these accolades. And I actually went along then to the grammar school, to the sixth form. Now, when once we arrived, there was other transfers from other schools. And for myself, I was stood there waiting for this head teacher to come. Of course we were nervous, but we we're also, I was very, very, very excited. But oh, the grammar school, I must be bright. <laughs> and then I was quite alarmed when things transpired because the, the head teacher came along and she sort of looked at all of us and she said, all oh, right, she wants to know why we are here and what is it we wanted to do. So she started asking people, I wasn't expecting that question and different people mm. were saying things. So as she was coming down the line, nearer and nearer to me, I was thinking, oh, you know what, what, what? And I had thought about a few things. I thought about medicine. I thought about being a teacher. I quite like the idea of roving reporter and being a journalist. One of my sisters quite like things like that. And by the time she came to me, I really didn't know what to say um, because of how she was reacting to some of, not all of the people, but for some of the people. Anyway, by the time she got to me, she said, "Oh, um, well." First of all, she said, "Well, to all of us." wherever you were and whatever you were doing that's good but you're with the cream now so things like that you know you saw that's why i was feeling that way so yeah. then by the time she said to me she said i knew beverly she was a very tall stocky built woman and um just and you beverly what is it that you would like to do and i, I sort of said oh, oh I said, teacher, law, or I said it very quietly, or medicine. And she went, oh, so you want to be a doctor, do you? <laughs> and then she goes like this with her hand. She said, well, the trouble with aiming so high is you can fall oh so low. I mean, I didn't realize it, but at that moment, my self-confidence and whatever self-worth I had intact, it was really rocked. I hadn't realized it at the time, but what had transpired since then, when I look back and reflect, is oh, everything I touched, everything I tried to do. It was almost like suddenly I'd, I'd become dumb. Mm. And uh, cutting a long story short, I didn't, I, I still passed my A-levels there, but I didn't do very well and things tumbled wow. about me really. But once I found faith, I had a self-confidence that came from out 
to the inside of me. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, the, the, the head, the head, head, it was headmistress, wasn't it? Yeah. She yeah. put the kind of the fear of, fear of, you know, fear of God. Some people say the fear of failure is really what that is. She installed that in you at such a, such yeah. a young age, you know, she kind of told you that you were soaring high, but essentially she kind of predicated to you that if you had these big dreams that you were going to crash and, you know, unfortunately, you kind of, for a time there at least, you, you slipped into that belief and and, it, and the results became a, a part of it, I guess, in some way or form. But, yeah, confidence, you know, and, and the, what you touched on there is confidence and self-confidence is, you know, living from the inside out, not the outside in and, and not letting outside circumstances and things and environment affect you. But I think it's been, you know, relating that to this year, that's been a very easy thing to say, but a very hard thing to do this year to not live, to not be affected by, you know, these circumstances that a lot of people find themselves in where, you know, they've lost their freedom, they've lost the relationship, some people have lost their job or they're just not sure how secure their job's going to be. It's been a tough year for that, hasn't it, I think? And, I mean, I've found ways to get through it. Uh, I say I've found ways to get through it. Actually, I'll be completely honest and say at some points I haven't dealt with it very well. Thought I was getting through it was probably actually in denial um, and just masked it, you know, as as men kind of tend to do. Not speaking for all you blokes out there, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm speaking for myself. Um, and, And I found that I personally had to get really, strip it really back, you know, speak to a therapist, get some help there, have good deep conversation with his friends, do lots of writing, lots of journaling to, you know, uncover uncover a lot of it and not just kind of get lost in it. And, you know, again, as a lot of blokes tend to, just keep working, keep your head down, everything's fine and, and get through it. Because the reality is that you've got to face it, you know, otherwise it starts to knock things like your confidence, it starts to falter things like your beliefs. And before you know it, you can end up in quite a confused place how have how have you um and look i know i'm in here in australia it's a lot different situation to what it is there in the uk what's some of the things that you've done to kind of help get you through this bit of a terror of a year i shouldn't say this year i keep saying that we're seven days into the new year now last year <laughs> yeah but it does make quite an impact on you so so really it is even with doing that you're doing really well to keep telling yourself and moving yourself forward whereas one of the things you can do is get lots in the past so for me very early on i was soaring very early on the last year 2020 i was soaring out of 19 uh, after 2019 i'd set some goals i'd set some things and i was really doing really well one of the major things that's a key thing for me it's a personal goal was was, was about weight loss and I'd actually done the Slimming World thing and I'd lost four and a half stone. Wow. <laughs> something like wow. that, something like that, to improve my health. And this is because through baby weight and things like that, I'd put it on, but the babies are, they're not babies now. So it's like time. There's no excuse. There was no excuse. <laughs> I set my mind to it and I really worked hard. I really worked hard. I got myself some personal um personal coaches and did things where I'd got up extra early and set routines, new morning routine, got involved in in like a mentoring program, a mastermind program, those types of things. Because when like these when you have like-minded people around you going the same way, even sometimes you, you can tumble or you can struggle but when you can speak with each other you can lift each other up so that is really I was soaring 
And then COVID hit. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> you see, you have those people where they have the different plates and they're spinning this and spinning that. And I'm mm. one of those people where that energizes me. So I was mm. doing so many different things, but I was really enjoying it. And with work, and I was working just a few days for the week and so many things I was doing. But when COVID hit, it was like, it was like a rug was pulled from underneath me. And I didn't just shudder. I felt like I fell over. <laughs> I felt like I fell over. And at that particular time, I was really struggling. I really was struggling. And it was so hard because when I looked at the different things that I was doing, even my weight started creeping up and creeping up. And because of course we weren't allowed to go out, we were locked down and also um, for going out, um, only certain people could go out and get things and my husband, bless him, he's lovely. But of course it's the sort of comfort foods and not the things when I would go that I would buy all these, what you would call rabbit food or whatever and lots of vegetables. I love vegetables, I love fruits and things like that. And I'm not saying he doesn't, but when you're not, something as straightforward and simple as that, when you would, go out and buy the things you want to buy and eat the things you want to eat and exercise and go to the gym and I love swimming so I would swim so all of those things that I was, wasn't doing those things and before you knew it weight was on my I was feeling discouraged I was feeling down I have um, one of my I have two daughters one's 21 Elena Grace and the other one's 16 um, Lydia Faith and so the 21 year old she was in uni and of course everything was shut down she, I had to try to encourage her because she was getting discouraged and it was very hard from a place of me being down and discouraged to have two daughters one who's doing going doing her finals for her final year degree and one 16 trying to do a finish up to do her GCSEs for school. So for the my younger daughter, Lydia Faith, she works so hard, she loves studies, that type of thing. And of course, she was to leave school, but school left her. <laughs> school oh, left her. Yeah. And she didn't get all what the preparation she was doing for her exams. And so so really they they needed me to encourage them. So imagine as a mum being at that place. I can imagine some of the people listening where they have to encourage others around them when where, where you feel discouraged for yourself. So for me, at one particular point, it was like, oh, I really don't know what to do. Now I'm a woman of faith. I've told you how in the past what happened. But even with the best will in the world, with all something like what's happened, because there was also the um, Black Lives That Matter and all the different yeah. things that happened in the UK and all of the, you know, a lot going on there. Going on there. much going on everywhere. That the impact of everything really, really, really shook everyone, shook everything. And I remember one day saying to my husband, I just feel really really down and 
it does help having another person who's of faith because my husband is and he did say he would pray for me and he did pray and at one point he did fast you know he loves his food but he did and I do remember one time phoning I phoned a friend I phoned someone I knew and reached out and thank God that that person was in a place where they could encourage me Mm. And that encouragement, a word, words, it's words that spoke to me, spoke to my mind, encouraged me. And I also was able to encourage myself stronger. And one of the great things that I found that really helped me was to get out. I started going out and I discovered a place quite local, um, which is a, it's a park. And it's so full of trees and nature and just beauty. And the particular time which was happening over here, thank goodness, it was a time where it was almost like summer. It was, it was very sunny. The weather was really good. So yeah. it was really good to get out. So these are sort of things that really helped getting out, getting into nature. Something about the green in nature just does something inside. And I do mm -hmm. believe our five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, and what you can touch. I do believe they're there as tools to help us to feed the inside, to feed the inside. But again, through coaching, through the mentoring program, with the Les Brown and all of this, this helped me. And John Tallarico, there's a new set of thinking into results thinking changing your thinking so all this meant that you, you I, I could acknowledge other tools what i would call power tools imagination perception your will reasoning because sometimes we tell our things things we tell our self things but perception is another one but though sometimes the way we perceive something if someone else then comes and speaks about it sometimes you can change your perception and at the end of the day changing your mind on things, changing your thoughts on things, telling yourself, thinking about the positives. When I reflected to think, well, why did I get to that? For me personally, it was that I was reading and watching all the things. They say constant CNN, constant negative news. I don't huh. know much about CNN. So I'm not saying anything bad about them, but people use that and say constant negative news. And so you can focus sometimes when you're in that mindset, you can focus on the negative things and then everything you're reading or seeing and then somebody else is speaking about it. And then before you know it, you've got a cocoon, a group of people all speaking about this. And it, 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 the fear, it's negative and it kind of continues. Like one of my favourite books, one of my favourite books talks about thinking on what's positive, focusing on what's good, what's lovely. Mm. And mm. these types of things that I started doing. Let's yes. say about when you fall down, which when I fall down, is well, if you fall down, land on your back. Because if you can land on your back, you can look up. And if you can look up, you can get up. And that's what I was doing. I was looking up. I was looking at what was good. And I was getting up and getting on and getting out again. So, mm. you know, there's that book, um, there's the best of times and there's the worst of times. A tale of two cities and that's the sort of situation that i find is happening in in the world at the moment even though with what's happened some people are really 
exhilarated and are found that they're doing really well and some people it's really catastrophic and some people are doing really so it's like kind of the mixed emotions but I found for myself where as I said I got to that place where it felt like the rug was pulled from underneath me so to so, so see me how I was at that point if you could take a snapshot and then see me as I am now one of the greatest things and key things for me is I've changed my mind at how I look at things. Mm. Mm, it's, 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 yeah, I, I think it's definitely changed a lot of people's minds, perceptions and attitudes on a lot of things, whether that's for the better or for the worse in the moment. I think overall it will always be for the better. And, you know, we don't always understand why we feel how we feel in the moment or sometimes even the why we do the things we do but it's important to to know and, and find some peace actually in in the fact i think that at some point in the future you will you know particularly if you're someone who does slow down who does spend time to think about you know yourself your thoughts journal gratitude list even just write a, a daily diary i think um it's 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 a great time to to go within and and use the quiet time to reflect and maximize the downtime you know those things, you know, that you wanted to do, you know, even if it's well, one thing's for sure that they're never going to shut is the parks. You know, they're never going to shut the parks. Excuse me. I don't know if anywhere. If Look, if you listen to this right now and they have shut the parks where you live, then take oh, that. Oh, dear. I don't think they're going to do that. So that's one place you can always go and get some escape and reconnect with nature. And, you know, I think it's um, going out on a whim here. I think when we go back and we we connect with nature, we're getting back with like our our tribal spirit as, as, as human beings. And I think that's what gives us that peace. That's what gives us that clarity along with the fresh air and and of course the the cnn the constant negative news and getting caught up in the doldrums of the tv and the radio the phone the magazines the newspapers and quite frankly all the crap that they just put out there at the minute because it sells and because uh they're not always correct but what they always are is first and what they always are is shocking and what they're trying to do is sell more and that's why they do more of that and very easy to get caught up in that particularly when there's not a lot else going on, but I don't think it serves anyone at all. For me, I think you've got a good point there. And for mm. me, what I found was I stayed concerned <laughs> and I listened in at times, but I measured what, instead of focusing and just focusing and focusing and looking at that and reading all negative, I chose to concentrate and focus on the positive, look at what was good, what was lovely, brought life what was life giving i did stay concerned because i do care and that you know but not consumed i think to be consumed by it so that you're going under so that you can't even help yourself and you can't help other people i don't think that's very balanced but i think self-care is essential it's essential to know and see well what can i what can i manage because some people like uh, somebody else i knew they wanted to know and they were fine on it but I had to say, I had to say to one particular person, I'm sorry, please, let's not talk about that. You can, we can talk about certain things or this or that, but certain things where we've gone to a point where it affects me. And I think if you do that sometimes and you can be aware of what actually is going to take you down. And then those people that love and care for you, they won't want to, 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 to push that onto you. They'll want you to be thriving. I, I look at it on a continuum. Mm -hmm. Um, that's this is where the name of my um, 
businesses flourish in the sense that you can you can exist you can exist and some people at the moment are just existing and some people don't even feel like they're existing some people mm -hmm. don't feel like they want to exist there's another one where you can survive and some people think well, well i'm surviving but then there's another one where it's where you can thrive some people are striving and they it's just a constant stress and an internal pressure of, of, of what do we do? What, how do we do this? So this, this levels of life and how you feel and the, the thriving is, and then after thriving to me, there's flourish. Because if you can think of something that's flourishing, something that's lush, this is life. You know, if we were to, even now, you know, if I said, if I said that to you now, right now, close your eyes, just for a second, close our eyes. And we just breathe deeply, breathe in through our nose, as it go deep down into our tummies. So if we breathe in, take that breath, that deep breath into, and then breathe out slowly. I mean, that's life. You can open your eyes. That's life, life. Always feels good. <laughs> wake up every morning and just take a couple of deep breaths mm. and be grateful. It's a gift. Life is a gift. It is. It is. Every day is a gift. Every yeah. day is a gift. Yeah. And to realize that there's light and dark. And if you can imagine yourself in a dark room where everything's dark, you only have to light tiniest match with a little light and at that point where the light and the dark meet they're not contending as if they're equal and opposite light and good is powerful a smile your face lights up it's powerful and when you smile there's actually endorphins that release chemicals that natural release in your body so even if nothing else you can smile and be grateful that you're alive. You're not taking, as Les Brown would say, a dirt nap. You know, for some people, that's, it, it, well, in England, we say pushing up the daisies, you know, because someone's passed away. May the people who've passed away at this moment, may they rest in peace. We don't, we don't want that to happen to anybody. But, but if you can wake up and you're alive, mm -hmm. the beauty of that gift, then go out, go in nature and, 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 and breathe and live. Hmm. Absolutely. I think another interesting part of wanting to be in nature and connecting with nature, by the way, can I just say beautiful words, what you just said there? Really nice words. I think I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me on the show. I think you're a great speaker. And I think the way that you align the words up, and I can tell they come from a place of authenticness and, and just, just hope and wanting to help others. Just, just really, really good work. I really like it. Thank you. I think the other thing about like connecting with nature is that nature throughout all of this, in fact, some of its um, studies and stuff have been showing that nature has been thriving in this time because there's been less pollution around. You know, there's been, I've seen all manner of crazy photos and videos of like animals in the middle of towns and in the middle of streets because no one's around. And, and then of course, you know, fauna and flora, flora and fauna in all manner of <laughs> It's flourishing in this time, so it's nice to get out into that and know that that continues, you know, outside of, okay, the pub's shut, okay, you know, I know even in the UK the churches are shut as well, which must be, you know, very difficult for some people. My mom goes to church every Sunday, has done for years, 
she's found that very difficult. So, but, you know, X, Y, Z is shut and closed, but you get out there into nature and it's still going on. It's still, it's still growing. The seasons are still changing. And, you know, as sure as anything, the sun is setting and the sun is rising each and every single day. So that is something that is a continuum for most people. And I think... Go ahead, son. As well as a lot of people, and look, I was certainly one person who was who fell into this, you know, stopped exercising because the gym was the main place I did my exercise and that closed and that was the perfect excuse to just stop doing it, which was pathetic, quite frankly. But I think there's been a lot of people who have actually got into exercising this time, who've got into going out running or just going out walking or even exercising at home. So there's always, always positives to be taken out of every situation. It's just about finding them, focusing on them and then extrapolating them. Definitely. And and one of the, as I say, one of the turnarounds from that place of where I felt like the rug was pulled and everything was, was by being out in nature. One of the first things that really came home to me as I was walking around, because this uncertainty and all the different things that make you feel just not, not secure, not settled not peaceful, not still, not strong, all the things. And I was, I was walking through and noticed the trees and noticed the really thick roots that they would have and the way how they stood and their roots rolled down deep. And I realised, you know, these trees have been here. And in all of the uncertainty and all of what's going on, they are here. It's like being grounded. So again, in your life, you can take things from nature and think about your life and think about certain things. And faith is one of those things for me that grounds me to know that there's someone, this is my belief, I'm not saying anyone else should do that, but this is how I get through. There's someone bigger, bigger, wider, stronger, higher, deeper than me. And I do think that he's suffering over everything. We're going to get through this. When we get through this, on the other side of things, one of the things that spurred me was, it'd be lovely to have, what's going to be my legacy? What, what would I have done? And so this is this spurred me to get on and write my book and all be able to use my book to help other people. So yes, don't tell about my story. And the essence of the book is that despite the odds, despite what's going on, still dare to dream. In the daring, the actual daring, for me, what's it's unpacked and my favorite book talks about being bold, being courageous, being strong. How do you become strong? Strength often comes when you are going through things. It's like a muscle. And as you go through those things, like a butterfly, as you go through those things and you're strengthened, this is how you grow. A butterfly, that's how, from a caterpillar, it goes, it goes and it's, it's in a chrysalis, and it comes up of that dark place, and at the point where it's got to strengthens and it bursts through. It's a beautiful butterfly, but what does it have to go through? 
is changing. And this situation of all what's happening in our life has changed, but there's no change. There's no growth. So this is the encouragement is how I would encourage myself and encourage other people. And they would find the words of encouragement. This is why I've written the book. And not just my stories in the book, but what I've also done is looked at as a chapter of tools, tips and strategies that I've put that I have used that people can use to help them in their life. Dare to dream. Still, despite all the odds, despite all the odds, our dreams, when we look at our life, when we look at our goals and our dreams, this is, this is life. This is what we want. This is what we desire. This is what causes us to be, to want, to do. One of my passions is to encourage, to inspire, to help. And so this is how I believe I'm flourishing and helping and letting through myself as I'm helping, serving as I'm helping. I believe I'm helping hope. <laughs> even if it can just be one person, even if one person is helped from my book. I think that's a, I think that's a great attitude to have, you know, if it, even if it just helps helps you know effects has a positive effect you know um someone finds some value in it it's actually the exact same reason i do this podcast you know just one person which you got along the way you know it's been a few months now many people have gone in touch with me and said they have got benefit from it they have enjoyed it they did learn something from it you know even asked me questions about various things so yeah it's, it's a great attitude to have if it can just help or change one person's life in any way then that's fantastic and that, that's job done you know do you think you would have written the book and the book would have come to light you know when it did just 10 day 10, 10 days ago if it wasn't for you know covid in 2019 yes i do in the sense that i've ha had when i became a christian when i became of faith i had a heart to help people more so and wanted to the more to life that I was looking for. Because sometimes you can just go after money or someone might go after love or whatever it is that they feel is, at that time, they feel is a great desire. But I think, for me, going outside of just your own personal want, giving back, helping, I think that sort of transcends that type of thing. So I, at the time, I pray and I had sort of asked to say, well, what, what, what is it? What, because I believe each person that's here on this earth, I believe each person has been created for a purpose. I would often say to my girls that, you know, all of us, we have different fingerprints. We've all come with different unique fingerprints. So to me, that's like we've all come with something that we can put a seal on. So we've brought something, we've all brought something and it's our gift to the world, our gift to others. You, in, in having this, being able to have this life, to enjoy life, to share, and it's about giving something back. So what I believe was, for me, is a gift of encouragement to be able to bring words, to inspire, to uplift, to motivate. So I had, um, at one point, I believe God had given me a vision to start something which was called word ministry um which was basically to inspire people with my words or with words from others to draw 
and to be able to, it's a bit like, well, to me, God can be looked at as the great physician. And as a pharmacist, one of your roles, your key role is to give the prescription of what the doctor has ordered. So where I was giving medicines and things like that, I do believe in this new role, words. And in my favorite book, it does again say like words are like medicine. They can be cheerful words, can be like good medicine inside. And you've probably come across people where different things they could have. They could have all the money. They could be rich. They could have love. They could have so many different things. But if you don't have that love, that life inside, that reason to be a purpose, something to get up for, something that you're passionate, something that you, you're convicted that this is what I'm here for. It's an added dimension. It's almost like you can have 1D, 2D, and it's like the 3D, 5D of life, having a purpose, having something outside of yourself. So for me, that's what was there. And with my busy life, because there was a point in time where I cared for my parents, but my parents became ill and I moved from one place where I was working in order to help care for my mum initially. And then mum had passed away and then dad was on his own and I was helping care with dad. And then at one point I became main carer for dad. I had my two children as well. I worked as a pharmacist as well. So I was burning the candles like all sides, but I was passionate in all my different roles to do really well. But it got to a point, of course, where for me then, I mean, people's talk in terms and I talk in terms of putting yourself on the back burner but Jake I wasn't even in the kitchen so <laughs> you know this time around this time I mean dad has passed away and things have gotten more of an even keel I got back to work and all different things but I, I started looking to see well what is it that I want to do how do I want so writing a book or doing my poetry some form of doing something to help or to give. Um, I have a vision that I'd like to start a school, um, raise money to be able to build a school somewhere in a place. I'm At the moment, I'm thinking about the Bahamas, Exuma Bahamas. I, that's what's come to me. I've never been there. I've never ever been there. But I'm, what's on my heart is to be able to help other people at the moment. I suppose I'm thinking of girls where I help them with their self-worth their self-esteem. Mm. Les Brown would say, there's greatness in you. There's greatness in each and every person, as I say about our fingerprints, we've all come with something. And if you were to line everybody up in the world to take away all the different things, we're all equal. We're all of the same worth. But there's many people, many children who don't get that opportunity. They're not mm -hmm. being told that they're loved, that they're worth. And there's so much that they've got to offer or to give. They've got their dreams, their hopes and ambitions as well. And I'd like to, I'd like to help. I'd like to help. But I do believe during COVID, whereby you were locked in and locked down, I think that accelerated the process and gave me time to think, time to get in touch with myself. And again, through my walks that I would go in nature, I got more inspired and I started writing more and more and more and more. So really it's catalyzed through this period of time in COVID for my book book, book to come through, yeah. Mm. You know, it's really interesting that you um, 
that you say about wanting to help you know you've got this vision of perhaps building schools in 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 lesser fortunate countries and i can actually help you with that because i know you're involved in uh, a compilation book and there's actually a compilation book coming out of the hunger for the hustle which will be 33 different authors stories yeah. of struggles for success the proceeds of that are going to a charity called the winning circle which actually builds schools orf and orphanages yeah. and build hospitals I can't, I can't say if they did build hospitals. I don't think they do. They definitely built more than one school already and orphanages in Uganda. So, hey, look, anyone who purchases that is going to help with that. There's going to be a whole series of these books. I'd love, love to. to you. I'd love, love to. to. Have you you me. I would love to do that. Yeah, yeah. So we can definitely talk about that on the side, but you know, there's going to be a series of these books. And mm -hmm. um, but let's on the on the on the topic of compilation books. I know that you've been in, in part in one um, last year. Forgive me for the name of it. Is it My Grace? It's called When Grace Found Me. When Grace Found Me. Sorry, yes, you did tell me that to start with. I didn't quite remember it. Tell us a bit more about that. Yes. And how it so there are two ladies. A main, um, the first the lead author of it, a lady called Kim Langling in America and working alongside a lovely lady called Ruth Pearson. And between them, they have this, come up with this project, which Kim Langling is the lead author. So the book is, has her name, Kim Langling. And it's an anthology where she has invited a group of women to share their stories about when Grace found them and I was introduced and invited to to be a part of this and of course when I saw the title just something resonated within me and you could call your story your contribution whatever you liked but that was my that's the name of mine my my story when Grace found me and of course it's mm -hmm. the story of when I would um when I was going to take my own life and how divinely the grace of God, the love of God disrupted my situation and changed me into being on the journey to where you see me today. So that book is um, out now on Amazon. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful book with all the different stories of, of these different ladies. And, and it's, it's so that whoever reads it something in there would resonate with them. And, and the, the, the project, the hope was that, the dream was that someone who maybe dejected, maybe feeling down, maybe could even be at the point of thinking, what, what's the point of it? And they would read these stories of life and love and hope and overcoming, overcoming life is, about overcoming because again my favorite book and we talk about when storms come so not if they come but when they come and mm. it, when something comes what do you do about that what do you say to yourself what do you say to others and it's stories of what people have gone through what ladies have gone through and from those i believe people glean help encouragement, motivation, and just some of them are just sheer joy to enjoy. And that's what life's about, you know, when you're finding that inner joy, you know, when you find that inner joy that you can find in, when you find it within yourself, it presents in everything every day. And, you know, 
to me, in my opinion, that's really true happiness when you find, you know, a way to live with a joyful spirit in everything that you do. A question I'd love to ask you, um, Bev, and, and quite frank, frankly, it's been burning on my lips the whole conversation. I know you've been helping people with your voice for 28 years. Of course, you've had, you know, your business in its official format, Flourish Personal Development, for the last couple of years and obviously taking it from uh, I want to stop doing this for free and quite frankly, quite rightly get a bit of cash in for it. Nothing wrong with that. But, you know, over those 28 years of helping other people, of, you know, being encouraging, serving and bringing hope and uplift to a, a whole variety of people, what's driven your hunger for the hustle throughout? Passion, I would say. Compassion. Passion and compassion. Because, again, mm. you can look at someone who goes through something and you can say, but for the grace of God, that could be me. Mm. All of equal value. I mean, there's a, a story that's told of how there's a person walking along and oh, they look and they see this person in a car and the person in the car is like, oh. This car's not big enough, not good enough, not fast enough. It's not quite what I want. And then it looks through the window and someone's walking by and then starts riding off and looking and saying, well, and, he's, and then he's, you can think to yourself, well, hmm, at least I'm not on a bike. And then you see the bike person goes off, cycling off, and then you stand and you see somebody who's just standing, oh, waiting for the bus. And then the person on the bike looks and then thinks, oh, at least I don't have to get the bus. And then the person waiting for the bus is going, oh, see ya. Oh, I have to wait for this bus. And then you see someone in a wheelchair who comes up and then he's like, oh, at least you've got legs to walk. Oh my. So, so do you see what I mean? Mm. It's the sense of being grateful for where you're at, looking mm see where you can help someone else and for me compassion care love giving back being grateful for my mum would always say count your blessings count your blessings and mm. when you count your blessings and you see where you've come from or you see what you have it always helps it always helps and so this hustle this wanting to to me hustle is getting to somewhere where you want to get to where in your mind you feel quite passionate and driven to get there so for me the business I've entered that hustle because I think I'm working harder now than when I was working for someone else but it, 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 there's just a drive there's just a motivation there's just a want and a desire to make these different dreams and ideas and goals happen. And when I see or get feedback from someone, like one of the ladies I coach, because I do coaching as for the transformational coaching, and she, they get that, aha, oh, thank you. Oh, that's really helped me. Oh, I oh, oh I, that's really helped me. And when they convey, just how grateful they are for the what may seem like little that I've done. It makes it so encouraging to keep going that if you can make a difference, 
Because some people could discourage you and say, what, what was the bother? Hustling and go to bed. Whereas I get up extra early and I'll stay up extra late. And it does feel like a hustle, but it's not in the sense of stress. It's, it's more in the sense of really wanting to passionately be and do and help and give. But I do find in the hustle, it's life-giving. It's life-giving and, 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 and you want to do more. So I actually have to stop myself sometimes or my husband will say, oh, did you go to bed? Because <laughs> I'll go to bed after him and then I'll be off. And it's, it's what's downloaded, what's been the inspiration. So for me, that's what the hustle is, getting involved, being energized and being able to give, being like a carrier, a conduit of goodness and helping and doing and being. That what you have on your heart to get done, you're going to go after it and you're going to go after it. And there's a why for it. And so even if things come, even if obstacles happen, it's a reason to keep going. And you, even when it's hard, sometimes it's hard. And you, 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 you think of why, that's, that's the key to it, I believe. When you've got that why, then it keeps you in that hustle. But mm -hmm. it's, it's a thriving, it's a, it's a joy, it's a joy, it's, yeah, for me. Yeah, when, when you know the why, you can endure anyhow. Yes, very good, <laughs> that's the one. We all, we all know who, who said that, that line, Mr Brown himself. And I think, um, you know, we're getting kind of to the pointy end of this now. We've only got a few minutes left. But really? we've talked a lot about, yeah, I know it's flowing by, hasn't it? We've had so much fun. I think you've talked a lot about passion today and, and you know, com compassion in that as well. But, you know, I always ask at the end of the show people to give three hot tips. And I think it's only fair and just to give, ask for you for these hot tips in who people who are watching this who perhaps don't know what their passion is have no idea how, how to find it and, and you know, where should they really start? Like what kind of tips would you give to them for people to find their passion? The first thing I would say is be honest with yourself. Think about not having any constraints and say to yourself, if you were to advise yourself, even you could look in the mirror, and you could say, if there were no barriers, if there were no restraints, if it wasn't about money or about people or anything else, and you could have whatever it is or do whatever it is you want, think about that thing. Don't think of the how. Don't think of how you're going to do it. Just get in touch with yourself and think about what that is. I would say the second thing is if you don't know and you can't think of a thing, then you can look and see what things do you love to do? What things are life-giving? What things are you moving towards? What things do you not like? What things would you not want? And when you do that, you can explore and narrow down. And even if when you narrow down, you still don't know. Try, have a go, test, do something. How does that feel? How, what was that like for you? Did, did you feel better or worse? Did it feel like you're feeling more fulfilled or did it not? Did it help someone, did it not? So it's to assess where you are and what you like, what you dislike and to get to know 
about yourself. Be more aware. I think quite often a lot of people can go about as what you could call like a, we could say like a zombie or someone who's just being and doing and going through the motions. And when that happens, you can be dumbed down or numbed your senses. So it's a tip is to start doing things that you would never do before. Try something. Sometimes if you feel fear, do it anyway. Mm. Something that, last tip, last top tip is, I would say, this is what I would say, what came to me, I believe God gave this to me. And it's that when you show up for something, often fear will show up. But the larger the fear, the bigger the gear you need. So if you imagine riding a bike and you can have different gears, if you're going to tackle a mountain, you've got to tackle a hill, you've got to go up a gear, you've got to go up a gear. So if you're going to do something, you're going to try it now, you've explored and you're going to try, but then something inside comes and you feel fear. Fear will be there. This is the thing about daring. It's to take courage in spite of the fear and to do it anyway. To think in terms of, well, the larger the fear, say to yourself, well, okay, I'm going to step up on that. The larger, the bigger the gear you'll need and get up and go for it anyway. Love it. Bigger the fear, the bigger the gear. I love that one. That's a great, great way to wrap up and, um, and end this. What's been a, a fantastic podcast. I've really enjoyed spending time with you. Thanks for coming on the show and thanks for sharing your many, many words of wisdom. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, I've just put your website there to flourish.co.uk in the comments. If okay. anyone wants to contact Beverly, find out more about a wonderful book, book her for her obvious, fantastic and fabulous, I'm going to say, speaking skills. You know, you're very well thought out speaker, very well articulated, um, great topics and subjects. And, you know, you've really seemed to have captivated what well, you've been doing it anyway way before mr brown you know you shared lessons with him to teach you but one of the things he always teaches us is tell them what you're going to tell them and tell them what you've told them and beverly you do that very very well well thank you so much and thank you thank for you. the invitation <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure and uh, yeah so beverly's website is in the comments there guys um hope you've enjoyed this episode i'll be back in a couple of days with uh, another one of course and if you have enjoyed it, please give it a like. Please tell us what you liked about it. Too. Please tell me what you liked about it. That's how I can make them better. And share it with someone else who you think might like it too. Thanks very much, folks. Enjoy your day, evening, morning, wherever you are in the world. Thank you. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.